I want to begin a new series dealing with a call being spiritually fit. I want us to look upon developing some spiritual disciplines. Uh, these disciplines involve prayer, meditation, reading of his scripture, worshiping him, and truly having our priorities in the order by keeping God first. And so let us get spiritually fit. The first step into getting spiritually fit is developing a strong prayer life. A strong prayer life is built upon on one's strong faith in God. Seeking God will lead you to worship God and to seek his will and his provision and guidance in your life. You should seek God and know him, and when you seek him also, it will remind you of his holiness and your sinfulness, and you'll be asking for forgiveness. And so here it is that when you are seeking after God and having a daily prayer life with him, it's only going to help you to grow stronger in his spirit. So we need to pray to seek God's will and to seek God and be in his will. Hopefully today we will learn how to ask, ask, see, ask, seek, knock. Developing a habitual prayer life, then you will know how to ask. A-S-K. So looking towards our text, we will find Jesus has chosen 70 and empowered them to go two by two to heal the sick. And they came back saying how even the demons obeyed their names and were rejoicing what they were able to do by the power given to them through Jesus. And Jesus also had a time that someone was asking him how to be, have eternal life. And he asked them, do they all know the law? And they said how they know the law. And he's saying, good, but do you understand who is your neighbor as you love God? With all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself. And he gave the parable of the good Samaritan. And then he was teaching one time, and Martha and Mary got into an argument talking about who's not helping who. And Jesus helped her to understand that you got to choose one thing that's most important. That one thing that was good. Now they want to know more power of God we find in here now in Luke the 11th chapter looking at verses 1 to 13 and it says that they came to him in a time of prayer which means that they have observed Jesus having a daily time of prayer that he is was an habitual prayer Luke is Evident that they so he prayed before he chose the 70. He prayed before he did many things. And so they wanted to know how to pray. Luke, uh, seventh, uh, sorry, 11th chapter. When we look at this 11th chapter, I want us to draw our attention to this first few verses. Reading from the New Living Translation, the Word of God says, Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, 
Just as John taught his disciples, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Down to verse 11 and verse to verse 13. Your father, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Praise God for his word. You may be seated. Tell your neighbor, learn how to ask. Amen. Amen. And tell them, ask means ask, seek, knock. Tell them, ask means ask, seek, knock. We need to learn how to ask. The disciples came to him saying, uh, teach us how to pray. You notice they caught him in prayer. It says, while he was praying, they, they couldn't wait. They said, while he was praying, they came up to him saying, excuse me, sir, I, I see you always deep in prayer and and we want to have a spiritual life as well and and so will you teach us just as john taught his disciples how to pray if you are familiar with what we call the the lord's prayer or the our father you might say this sounds familiar because you are correct you see the same situation in matthew 6 chapter of the gospel according to matthew how teach us how to pray and then you see it's a little bit worded a little bit different but the same points are informed that you praise god you worship god you seek for his will to be done you trust god to provide for you each and every day you understand you are a sinner and need us to forgive. Forgive us of our debts or our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. You understand that, Lord, I need you to keep me. So keep me from uh, the wicked one. Lead me not into temptation. But now in Luke's gospel, he goes on and shows two parables. I did not read them again, but we were, they were read early in our time of meditation. You can go ahead and read them again, but I'm going to walk right through them. So we're going to come through them together. But I want us to understand what it means to ask God. First, to ask God, you've got to believe who he is. The Hebrews writer says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. One must Believe he is and earnestly seek after him, knowing that he is a rewarder. Can somebody say he's a rewarder? Of those who seek him. Uh, I want you to understand that we serve a God that likes to bless his children. I, I could stay on there all day to talk about how I'm so glad God likes to bless his children. But I'm just going to throw this one in for free and I'll get back to my point. Just, just think about how you and you know somebody's going to give you something. You ain't too proud to bet. When my little children, and my little children know that my mom, my dad, if they love me, they're going to give me what I want, right? Whatever it might be. Can I go to Chuck E. Cheese? I'm going to say no in the morning. I'm going to ask again in the afternoon. Can I go to Chuck E. Cheese? Say no in the afternoon. I'm going to ask again in the evening. Can I go to? Finally, baby, let's go. Thank you, mama. 
When you know that they're good, they're going to give you what you want. Oh, glory be to God. You're not too proud to beg. And so here it is, Jesus is showing us how to come to God. Notice and remember, they said they came to him while he was praying. I, I want us to grab that if we are Christians, we claim that we are Christians, that means we should be like Christ, then we should do what Christ does. That we should find some time in our lives to spend some time with God the Father. Jesus is letting them know that you want to be like me, you want to pray like me, well then understand how to worship God. Holy is your name. Now, I want you to also see in there that notice that the disciples came to Jesus in a teachable fashion. When we want to grow spiritually, you have to be teachable. And To be teachable is not to tell somebody what you already know. Teachable is is able to listen to them tell you what you already know. And then you learn how to do it right. I lost somebody. Oftentimes, we get caught up that we give the answer to the questions we ask, and so therefore we still don't understand what we're trying to do. But we need to quiet ourselves down and say, teach us. And listen and apply what has been taught. But when you're not teachable, you won't grow. To be teachable means to be bendable. It means to be applicable. means able, you are able to be shaped and moved so that you can grow and learn. Jesus is teaching them. They want to be taught. And so he teaches them how to pray. You notice how he walks them through. This is how you should pray. So you got to be able to take notes. you got to be able to take mental notes and write it down and say, how can I practice this? Okay, Father, may your name be kept holy. And I want you to understand that when he's teaching them how to pray, these are not vain repetition of words, but these words have action behind them. For God's name to be kept holy means you need to worship him because he is holy. In order for him to, to be adored and worshipped and, and, and his name to be made great means that's what you're doing in your daily life, that you make God's name great. And when people see you, they see what God's doing in your life, and that's another opportunity for you to tell them how good God is. Can anybody testify that God is good? And so when you know that he is good, you want him to show up, and so your kingdom come. Oh, Lord, we want your kingdom to come. We want you to take place and root it in our lives so that you will reign, that you will take over, that we'll be under your authority, be under your protection, be under your peace, your love, your gentleness, your mercy. So you see how when you come seeking Christ, he will teach you. But notice now, it kind of just shift. Verse 5 says, then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. And now, the Luke Gospel according says that this stories that has come may not have come exactly at this time when the disciples came to him, but it came surely at the time in the reference of understanding what prayer means. And what I want to highlight is that it says that the disciples asked him this, but yet I want you to grab that the audience is larger than just the, the disciples. The audience also has those who hate him, the, the, the haters in the crew. So that's the Pharisees, the scribes, and the, and the Sadducees. You know, they really don't like Jesus, so they always come around so they, they can boo him. Anybody know about some boo birds? You know, they don't like the team. They just like to boo the team, so they just come around and to heckle and boo and have some fun with them while everybody else comes to cheer and to celebrate. You got always a hater around. 
Jesus got love for the haters too, so he wants to teach them too how to ask. He wants them to understand that you can change your situation by just learning how to ask. And so he gives them saying, suppose you went to a friend's house. So you see how he brings the suggestion. You went to a friend's house and notice here again, there's a friend that's in need and a friend that's able to supply. Y'all catch that? And so you are in need. And so you go to someone that can help your need. Am I talking to somebody? That when you are unable to take care of yourself and your and others, you want to go to somebody that can step in and help you out in your situation. And so here it is that a friend in need comes to a friend and notice at the time it's not at a good time. It's not at, at the convenient time. It's at the most inconvenient time. He says that I'm already in bed. Laying down with my wife and kids. And now you want me to get up? And, 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 and what it's saying is kind of a euphemism saying that, you know, I'm not decent right now. You know how it is when you go to bed. You know, that's not the clothes you go outside with. <laughs> that's not the clothes you go out shopping and hanging out around with. You in your clothes and you can go to sleep. You in by yourself. You don't care how you look like. You say, I'm good. And so here it is, he, he's like, I'm not decent, I, I, I can't help you, it's going to take me time to find some clothes, it's dark in the house, i got to find a lamp, i got to find a match to turn the lights on to come out and help you out. I, I can't do it, brother, I can't do it. But Jesus says, because of the sameless persistence, the person continued to press and ask, and says his friend eventually gets up. Now notice how the friend came. The friend did not come for bread for himself. He says, I have a guest with me, and I can't take care of them. What I want to help you out, that when you are asking, when you are asking, seeking, and knocking towards God, it should not always be so selfish. Don't always go to God just about you. You ought to go about somebody else and find out how you get blessed in the process. Because, yes, he needed bread, just as his friend needed bread. But they both got bread because he was willing to give to the one who consistently asks. Now, when you understand ask, you understand this, that there's one answer you always have before you ask anything. You know what that answer is? No. You already have that answer. That's why you're asking. You're trying to find out, is there a yes somewhere? Anybody been there before that you just want to find out, is there a yes? I already got no. I just want to find out, is there a yes? And, and if you don't have that, go back to your child's spirit. Children, women, children understand how this, I can always find me a yes. I'm not going to talk about nobody but just me. And no matter whose house I went into, I asked, do you got some candy? I was going to find me a yes in that house. I was like, do you have any candy? Yes. May I have some? Yes. Thank you. My mom is in the back room shaking her head. That boy, don't get that boy no more candy. Don't get that boy. Because you know I'm going to be trouble once I got some more sugar in my system. And if y'all couldn't find, if I found a no on the cookies, I'm sorry, on the candy, I'll ask for the cookies. Do you have any cookies in your house? Yes. All right, I'll take those too. And so my friends... And their parents knew who I was. They had a jar just for me. 
I come to their house, there was a cookie jar for me. And they had two cookie jars. That one had the chocolate cookies and the vanilla cookies. I didn't like the chocolate cookies. So they say, Sam, they go, your vanilla cookies are all, they're all mine. Looking for a yes. So when you want a yes, you ask. God is letting you know that you just ask him for what you need. Keep on seeking him to find that yes in your life. And understand that God will provide for those who are in need. Oh, glory be to God. Because he cares for his children. And so you see how the example comes. Say, if you had a friend and you went to your friend's house, wouldn't you expect your friend to be a blessing to you? But he wasn't satisfied with that. So no, So Jesus said, all right, I got a good lesson in. Let me further illustrate what I'm talking about here. And so look at verse 9. And so I tell you, keep asking. Can somebody say, keep asking? And you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking. Can somebody say, keep on seeking? And you will find. Oh, glory be to God. And somebody say, keep on knocking. And the door will be open to you. No, no, no. And so Jesus said, let me help you out. Verse 10. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks the door will be open. Can somebody say, ask? Ask, seek, knock. You notice right there, God has said there's a promise for every time you ask me, you seek after me, and you knock. I guarantee something's going to happen. It says will. Y'all see that? It will happen. Ask, you will receive. Seek, you will find. Knock, the door will be open. Isn't that awesome to know that we can come to our God, and he will bless us in awesome ways? Now, some of you might be saying, I've been asking God and seeking God, and I've not gotten not one time what I've been asking for. Let me help you out. You might have been asking about the wrong thing. Uh, I'm not saying God's going to always give you what you want. God will give you what you need. The fact that you're here means you have what you need. You know, need is a necessity, something you need to survive on. I I know many of you were playing the lottery saying, Lord, go ahead and bless me with that half a million. But you didn't get it, but you got what you need because you're still here. You wanted that brand new car, but you got that good old hoopty out there in the parking lot right now. But you made it here. You have what you need. Now, because you are not satisfied with what you have, it's not God's fault. I just want to let you know it means you're just not grateful for what God gives you. I'll throw this one in for free. If you're not grateful for what God's already given, don't expect anything greater. Because I said this one's for free. And another parable, he says, I will take even what you don't have and give to the one who is responsible and accountable for what I have given. So let me help you out. You, you want your Lexus, you want your Benz, you want your BMW, you want your Audi. Treat your hoopty like it's that car. Man, you're going to appreciate what you got. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of hard work taking care of this car because the other one's going to be more expensive. So when you ask, you understand the principle and the process. and say, okay, God, I'm asking you, and you will give to me. Oh, glory be to God. I am seeking after you, and I will find what I am looking for. Oh, I can just knock. And you know what the knock, you know what the knocking means? Basically looking at upon a door. And, and, and this is to help you out to understand that. Oftentimes, you don't know what's behind a door. 
And so when somebody opens up the door, it reveals to you what's behind the door. I, I want you to understand that there's a blessings waiting in your lives that you don't know are behind something because you did not. I'm going to let that marinate. Because you are staying on the same path, doing the same things over and over again, not trusting God when he told you to take a new path. You're like, I don't know what's down there. That's right. You don't know what that, but God does. Do you understand that God will not put you in a place of peril? He knows his plans for you, hopes of, of, of promise. That God knows what's best for you, so he's going to put you in the best place for you to prosper and grow. And so if God tells you to go someplace that's hidden, that's dark, behind you, all you got to say, Lord, I'm ready to knock. And let him open up so you can have a blessing. But when you ask not, you seek not, you knock not, then you won't find. <laughs> you won't receive, and it won't be open. Y'all, y'all understand? These are the commands he gives. These, these are imperatives. Imperatives are commands. He is letting you know, I've commanded you to ask, to seek, to knock, because God the Father will give, open up doors, and receive you. So seek after God. So Jesus further teaches this parable now. He talks about not only a friend, he talks about how are you as fathers. So you fathers, if your children ask for fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. Now, here's where you see him pinching them and messing with them. Look at verse 13. So if you sinful people, look, look how he changed, how he went from calling them friends or calling them fathers. So if you sinful people. Y'all, y'all quiet on me. He ain't talking to me because I've been saved all my life. He ain't, he ain't talking to me. Sister, he must be talking about you. <laughs> Let me help you out now. Jesus was talking to everybody that was in attendance. The same way he's talking to all of us right now. All of us. Me included. All of us. He's saying, you sinful people know how to give what? Good gifts. So notice there's a contrast here. Remember the earlier contrast was a friend that had and a friend that did not have. Now you have a sinful father, then you have a what? A good father. Mm. You sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, notice here. It says he will give the Holy Spirit. This is in the gospel. This is the gospel writer speaking about Christ's ministry before he has been crucified, rose again, resurrected, and given the Holy Spirit. You see, we take for granted that we have access to the Holy Spirit. They were waiting for the prophecy to come. That we are in process of having right now. Of the Holy Spirit pouring down upon men and women that they may prophesy and teach. They were waiting on that. And here it is that Jesus let them know that it's going to come when you ask of the Father. Oh, glory be to God. 
And, and what he's pointing out here is that if you have the Holy Spirit, do you know that you have a peace of God with you? Because there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And when you have the Holy Spirit, you have the authority and the power of God in you to do exceedingly above what you can ask or think or even imagine. Why? Because God is doing things through you. And so when you understand that you have that power, you have that authority, it enables you to go to your father and just ask. Saying, God, I believe in you, so I trust you that you're going to answer my prayer because you are a good father. You are a heavenly father. You are holy. You are righteous. You're not like us. You're able to supply my every need. You are holy and so wonderful that you can keep me from the wicked one. You can forgive me of all my sins. You you can empower me to be more loving and care to everybody else. But yeah, I need to spend some time with you. And so notice how when Jesus teaches them, he says that, Father, may your name be kept holy. Showing that how God is good. And so when you know a good God, it enables you to go ask God for what you need. Because when you know that he is good, he, every good and perfect gift comes from heaven above. You find that in James. That comes from God. God gives every good and perfect gift. And so here it is that we are in need of the Spirit in our lives. And, and know why you need the Spirit? The Ephesians writer told us this, that you are sealed until the day of redemption. And you know what you're sealed with? The Holy Spirit. What does that mean to be sealed until the day of redemption? It means this, that when he comes back again, he's looking for those that are stamped by him. For us, we may not understand what it means to be sealed. Uh, then, you know, they will close up a scroll in a letter with wax. And a person had their own insignia ring, a seal, and they would seal it. And that seal, if it was broken, means somebody opened up the message that should not have opened up the message. And we're going to take care of them. But if it was sealed, they recognized that, yes, this is mine. It was sealed. It has come with authority because the seal represented authority and power. Meaning, like, on whose authority does this message come? Oh, I see the seal. It came from the king. The king has seals you so that when he comes back, he says, these are mine until the day of redemption. He has sealed you with the Holy Spirit because he desires for you to be in perfect relationship with him. And so, therefore, what does it mean to have a perfect relationship with God? It means that I communicate with God. And that's why we like that him and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own. That's why we can say, Lord, I need thee every hour. I need thee. That's why we can sing, come by here, my Lord. Somebody needs you. Because you understand that, Lord, if I call out to you, I know that you will move because there is a promise in our prayers. Ask, you will receive. Seek, you shall find. Not, it shall be open. Y'all, y'all follow that? That there's a promise in you praying unto God. That he will make sure that you have what you need. And so stop looking around for everybody else to supply your every need and say, God, I know you're able to supply my every need. You, you need to spend some quiet time with God. I want to help you out that when you're about to lose your mind, you're about to blow your top, you're about to curse and punch somebody out. 
Just say, I need a time out to spend with God. Go and find your quiet place. If you got to pull over on the side of the road, if you just need to be at your desk and get out your chair and just get down on your knees and just start saying, oh, holy is thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Oh, God, right now, give me today my daily prayer. Oh, forgive me because I got a messed up mind right now. And help me forgive because I certainly was thinking about some other stuff to do to somebody. Forgive me right now and help me to forgive them right now, God. Keep me from the wicked one. Lead me not into temptation. Oh, God, you are worthy. And then you can pull back onto the road. You can get back in your chair and get back to work. You can go back and say, now, what were you asking me, children? You can get back to the business because you done spent some time with God. And you know, God gives peace, right? That transcends all understanding. The song, Isaiah said, he'll keep you in perfect peace. Those that keep their minds stay on him. That he will sustain us and keep us. Just tell your neighbor, keep your mind on him. And so here it is that you need to daily ask. You need to daily ask. Ask, seek, knock. There's things in your life that only you can find because you ask. You can't come to me and say, Pastor, I need to pray for me to find me a new job. I'll pray with you, but you need to pray too. Because God will answer your prayer. Oh, glory be to God. Do you understand that he wants a direct relationship with you? So ask. God, I need to carve it out in my day to spend some time with you. Now, if you're thinking, running through your calendar and trying to figure out what's the best time for when you spend some time with God, it should be that time when you want to watch your favorite show. Yeah, prime time, huh? 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, you ready to sit down and watch your show. Go ahead and hit that DVR. And say, God, I need to spend some time with you. What I want to highlight that what it is that we can make sure we take care of us. But we want God to take care of us and we don't even take some time to say, thank you, Daddy. As, as a child, I, I remember how my, my dad was good to me, and, and I took a lot of stuff for granted. I got my breakfast every morning. My mom had my lunch every day at school, had dinner every time I came home. My lights always were on. I, I had all the toys I wanted to play with. I went to places I wanted to go, places I didn't ask to go, but went anyway and had shown enough, had a good time. And all those times, I can remember that I never said thank you. I, I didn't say thank you. Then I got to the age that I started growing in God, and I started learning how to say thank you. So uh, my time would come down, we'd sit down at the dinner table, and, and, and we'd have dinner as a family. And that was my opportunity to look at my mom and say, Mom, thank you for dinner. And Dad, thank you for dinner. I, I, I understood that I took it for granted for so long that I got to make a point now just to say thank you. And then, 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 I, then I got to college, and I didn't see him every day. And I had to call him once a week, and I called home to tell him, say, just thank you for being my mom and my dad, because I know I was a mess to put up with, but I thank you for putting up with me. And, 
and, and, and so it, it got good to me that as I kept on thinking of it, I thank them every time I talk to them just for being good all by themselves. I say, thank you, God, because I could have had somebody else and they might have thrown me away because they know this boy is just too much trouble. But my mama and my daddy were good to me. And, and as good as they've been to me, they have not been as good as God has been good to us. So when you think about how good God is, he is a good, good father. It's who he is. Who, the song says you are a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Y'all catch that? You are worshiping God, telling him you are good. And you identify that's who you are, God. That's who you are. And then my relationship with you is that I am loved by you. That's who I am. Isn't it awesome that he loves you and cares for you? Because he is a good, good father. Help me out, Jack. 